read out of Isaiah 61, verse 1, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Uh, God is speaking first person through Isaiah. And I want you to notice what he says. It's powerful. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Boy, I could stop right there. What a great thing to have the Spirit of the Lord God upon you. And then he says, because the Lord, here's why it's upon me. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So notice he said, I have been anointed by the Spirit of the Lord to heal broken hearts, to bind up those broken hearts, to set you free, and to deliver you from inner prisons. Because that's what it's talking about. It's not, listen, if Jesus opened up the prison door for everybody in prison, everybody would get saved today. It's not talking about an outer prison. It's saying, I came to open the prison door and let you out on the inside. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, I pray for every soul here and those watching by streaming video that, Lord, you will speak to us, renew our minds, restore our souls. Let the revelation of the light of God's word come to all of us, that we would understand God's intent to restore our souls. And Lord, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now, you breathe the prayer, church, and say, Lord, I receive your word. Restore my soul in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God heard that prayer for sure. God heard that prayer. Well, here we are in the third service. God is blessed in all of our services today. We're so thankful for you. And man, it rained last night. It rained all night at my house, thunder and lightning. Kept my dogs up, which kept me up, so I'm going on Holy Ghost power right now. All right. Now, I want to focus primarily on the words, He has sent me to heal or to bind up the brokenhearted, literally to heal. To heal the brokenhearted. Now, that's talking about an inside job. God is telling us here, that Jesus was anointed not only to heal the outside, which we love to focus on, and I, and I think it's great when God heals people on the outside of a disease or an affliction of some kind, but isn't it a great miracle when God takes somebody totally broken and shattered and heals them on the inside? And what he's telling us here is that the Lord Jesus was literally anointed to do something on the inside of us on top of saving us. But to heal us. Now, I often tell you that words matter, especially Bible words, because God spoke these Bible words. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means the words in this book were breathed out by God. So since God, the Holy Ghost, spoke these words, they matter. So let me just take a couple of words out of this verse. It says, he, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted means shattered, crushed, broken in pieces. It's telling us something about what happens on the inside of people in this life. 
that there are things that shatter us. There are things that break us. There are things that devastate us. There are things that leave wounds and hurts and damage to our soul. In the same way that a body can be bruised by hitting it, our souls can be bruised, cut, shattered, broken. And then the word healed, he came to heal the brokenhearted. It means to bind up, to wrap, or to repair. So let me just take these two words and redo the verse for you. The Lord has anointed me to bind up, wrap up, repair the crushed, broken in pieces, and shattered on the inside. That's good news. Because if you're shattered on the inside, it's affecting your whole life. If you're broken on the inside, if you're wounded on the inside, it's affecting everything you do. Because your soul is you and you are your soul. And when your soul is shattered, it affects your relationships. It affects your ability to function in a job. It affects your ability to walk with God and your ability to experience joy. It affects your life. And there's a healer in the house today. And I want you to know that Jesus came not only to save our soul, but to heal our soul so that we can enjoy life, enjoy relationships, unencumbered, unhindered, uh, 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 with joy. He, he, he came to heal us on the inside. David the psalmist talked about this very same thing. He said, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. And then verse 3, he used the same words as Isaiah. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The primary thought here, everybody, is that of a healing bandage that is applied to the heart's wounds. Now, I'm going to give you a physical picture of this. You remember the parable of the Good Samaritan that Jesus gave? Uh, he made that little name, Good Samaritan, famous. We read all the time, yeah, there's somebody who was broken down on the side of the road. A Good Samaritan stopped and helped them. So the words of Jesus infiltrated our Western culture. And he gave this picture. He said there was a man walking down a road, and he got attacked by a thief and beaten down badly by a thief. The thief stole his goods and left the man to die on the side of the road. And Jesus said a couple of people come by, and he names the people, and they look at him, and they pass on by, and they don't do anything to help him. But then the Good Samaritan came along. What does the Good Samaritan do? The Good Samaritan bends down, and it says, he went to him and bandaged his wounds. The idea is wrapped his wounds. That's the picture of what Jesus does to broken hearts, to shattered souls. He comes into us by the power of the Holy Spirit, he saves our soul, and then he immediately begins to heal the wounds of our soul. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Can you say with me, there's a healer in the house today. Yeah. I'm bringing you good news because some of you, you didn't walk in, you limped in. You look good on the outside, but you're hurting on the inside, and I understand that because I've been there, done that, got many of the T-shirts. I know what it is to walk around, praise God, hallelujah, kumbaya, but if somebody really got to know you, they would know you're hurting. They would know you're bleeding. They would know there's some things in you that need to be healed on the inside because of past wounds and past hurts. 
And Jesus, what I want you to walk out of here understanding today is that Jesus cares not only about healing your outer body, but healing your inner man. He wants to heal your soul. He restores my soul, David said. Our loving Heavenly Father longs to heal these inner wounds and set us free. Now, there's not anybody in here that has not suffered a soul wounding. And most of you in here right now are carrying residue, at least residue, from that wounding of the soul. Virtually everybody listening to me needs some level of inner healing from the wounds and the devastation of the past. And if you're by yourself, you know it. If you're with somebody that knows you well, they know it about you. Wounds from deep in our past, and they could have been before Jesus or after, could before you were saved or after, because woundings come throughout life, whether you're in the church or out of it. Some woundings come really badly in the church, within the confines of the four walls of church. We get hurt, we get wounded, and those wounds must be healed by the healer. Things like painful rejection. And when you go through a painful rejection, you can carry it into relationships after that, and you can't relate well to somebody else because you're still carrying that wound on the inside. And until Jesus reaches in and heals what that rejection did, you're hurting, you're wounded, you're limping, and you need for the healer who is in the house today to come into your soul and heal you. Stabbing betrayals, devastating abuse, even the damaging consequences of sin because you can't sin without it hurting you. That's why the Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. Following Jesus isn't hard. It's the way of the sinner that's hard. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's, it's the way of the sinner that's hard because when we sin, it damages our soul. And there are consequences. And, and sometimes we're carrying around wounds in our soul because of what we brought on ourselves. And Jesus still wants to heal your soul. Sometimes the wounds that are in us are infected and they're hurting and we're well aware of them. Now again, let me, I want you to think about something with me. When, when somebody hits you good and hard, your body bruises. It's the same thing with your soul. Your soul bruises when you are hit hard and wounded, when you're rejected, when you're abused, when you're betrayed, when you sin. Your, your soul is hit hard, and it leaves a bruise. And while you can't see it on your outer body, we can sure see the signs of inner bruising. Here's a few of them. Anger. You're walking around angry because you got wounded way back there, and so you're angry. doesn't take much to get, set you off. You're just kind of walking around simmering underneath. You're an angry individual, and a lot of the times that's because there is a wounding in your soul that needs to be healed. And again, I want to tell you, there's a healer in the house today, and we're going to believe God to set you free of anger by healing your inner man. How about bitterness? Usually, most soul woundings come out of relationships. Somebody says something, somebody does something, in a relationship, a betrayal, an abuse, something hurts us, we're relating to somebody that we trust, and, and they hurt us, and we experience pain and wounding, and it leaves us bitter. And that is a symptom of a soul that needs to be healed. Rejection issues. 
We can't relate to somebody in a normal relationship because we're so afraid we're going to be rejected again. And we think something's wrong with us because we keep getting rejected. And the devil jumps in with one of his lies and said, you're just not lovable. You're just not likable. Relationships just can't work for you. And that's a lie. How do you know the devil's lying if he's talking? You are lovable. You are likable. But see, when we've been rejected, sometimes we can believe that it's just our fate to be rejected. And that's a lie. He wants to heal your inner man. How about lack of confidence? Somebody said something to you when you were a child. You're kind of dumb. You're kind of slow. You're not very, very gifted. Uh, you're not going to amount to much. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What do you think that's addressing? When it says death and life are in the power of the tongue, it's talking about the power of words to go into your soul and wound it or give it life either way. But somebody says something and we believe it when it's negative and we believe it. And God needs to reach into our soul and heal us from what those wounds did, the way they cut us. But there's a healer in the house today. I'm going to keep saying that. There is a healer for your soul in the house today. Self-loathing. If you go through an abusive relationship, you can come out loathing yourself with self-loathing, not liking yourself, believing that you're, you're somehow not lovable, not likable. You, 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 you're loathing yourself, and that always leads to a self-destructive lifestyle when you don't believe you're worth much, and that's a lie of the devil too. Because listen, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called-out people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let me give you some good news. You are not fearfully and wonderfully evolved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you. You have value. You, are, you have high value, so much value. God gave his only begotten son to die for you that if you put your faith in him, you will be saved. There's other times we've got wounds in our soul that we're not even aware of and the Holy Ghost has to bring them to the top and show it to us. Wounds in our soul can cause us to go through life limping on the inside. Many of you are living that way, truth be known. And I've been, like I said, I've been there, got the t-shirt. I know the feeling. You're saved but hurting. You're saved but hindered. You're saved but you need deliverance and healing. A, a beautiful verse about Jesus is in Isaiah 42. It says this about the Savior. Isaiah is predicting the character of the Messiah that's coming. And he said, a bruise, listen to that word, there's the word, bruise. A bruised reed he will not break. Now we know what a reed is. We, we know cattails. You've seen those cattails poking up out of a pond or something. There's usually a bunch of them. That's, that's a reed-like plant. And you picture something has happened to a plant, one of those reeds. Something has hit it. And it is bruised, and it's, it's drooping. It can't stand upright like God meant for it to do. It's drooping, and it's almost broken. And that's how Isaiah is picturing a wounded soul. It's bruised, and it's drooping, and it's almost broken, almost done for. And he's saying when the Messiah encounters a bruised person, he will not break them, but he will be exceedingly gentle with the bruised, 
and will restore you where you can stand upright again. Amen. He's a gentle Savior. Now keep in mind, as we've said all throughout this series, we are tripartite. We are three-part. We have a body. In our body is a soul. And in that soul, the core of our soul, is our spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. And when we are saved, our spirit, in the core of our soul, our spirit is immediately made totally, completely, fully, 100% alive. You who were dead in trespasses and sins, Paul says in Romans 5, you who were dead, dead, dead in trespasses and sins, now he has made alive in Jesus Christ. So literally, everybody in this room who is a Christian, once you were lost, now you are found. Once you were blind, now you see. But listen, once you were dead, and now you are alive. All right? Now, so our spirit man is immediately made new. But our souls aren't. Our souls need to go through transformation. Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is your soul, your part of your soul, mind, will, and your emotions. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed. Be renewed. That's talking about the transformation of the soul. We all need, and part of that transformation is the healing of our soul, the healing of the wounds, the healing of the hurts, so that we can walk upright the way God wants us to walk, so that we can walk free, so we can walk joyful, so we can walk unencumbered by the wounds of the past. We need the gentle hand of Dr. Jesus to bind up our wounds and heal our inner man. Now, let me tell you something about the healing of your inner man, because all of you are undergoing it right now. You're all undergoing not only a restoration of your soul, but healing of your inner man. This word I'm bringing you today is also healing your inner man. Because I'm not up here giving you Jeff's ideas. I'm up here telling you what says the word of God. Now watch this. It's important to understand with the healing of the soul that it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. You've got to be patient with yourself and patient with your progress. Healing can be two things. It can be instantaneous. I can have somebody down here who needs a physical healing and I can lay hands on them and they can be instantly healed. But then there is other healing that takes time. It's a process. Jesus prayed for one blind man. He laid his hand on him. And he said, now tell me what you see. And the blind man said, well, I see shadows. I see men like trees walking. He was saying, I see shadows. And Jesus had to pray for him again. And he prayed for him again, and he said, now what do you see? He said, well, now I see everything fine. And see, even with Jesus, the man's healing was a process. And your inner man, the healing of your inner man, is a lifelong process. It is a steady process where the Holy Spirit restores us to the health of our soul, taking the wounds of the soul one by one, and dealing with them. You know what it reminds me of? <clears throat> when the children of Israel took the promised land, do you remember? How did they take the promised land? They took it city by city, town by town, step by step, inch by inch, month by month. Are you ready? Year by year. 
Taking the promised land was a process. It didn't happen overnight. It's the same thing with the healing of your soul. See, I personally believe they had a physical promised land that they were to take incrementally over time, gradually. And I believe our promised land is not just heaven, but, but the restoration of our soul. And God restores our soul day by day, week by week, year by year. What does it say? The outer man is perishing, but the inner man is renewed day by day by day by day. And you know what I found in the Bible this week? Blew me away. I've read it, but you know how that is. You read something a hundred times, then one day you read it, and it jumps out and grabs you by the throat. This jumped out and grabbed me by the throat when I was thinking about this. In Exodus 23, God gives the reason why he didn't give them the promised land overnight, but why it took time. It says, God said, I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. Don't you love it when your enemy runs from you? But look what he says in verse 29. But I will not drive them out in a single year. Because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Look what he says in verse 30. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Everybody say little by little. That's the way he gave them the promised land. How are you restored in your life in the inner man from the woundings and hurts of the past? Little by little, day by day. Year by year, God gives you the land. God gives you the land. God gives you the land. I fully plan to be more free at this time next year than I am today. I'm free today, but I realize that in a year from now, I'm going to be more like Jesus than I am right now. I'm going to be more loving, more patient, more kind, more long-suffering. I'm going to get down I-35 without getting mad. Because I'm growing in the Lord. Amen. So everybody say little by little, day by day, he changes me. As we grow in the Lord, we become stronger spiritually. As we become stronger spiritually, God restores our souls accordingly. The Christian life, including inner healing, is a process of slow spiritual growth. It's gradual growth. Listen to what the Bible says. And I am sure that God who began the good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until the task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. See, right now, you are God's project, and he is working in you, that which is good in his sight. And he's forming Jesus in you. And you know when he's going to be done? When Jesus comes back. Because then you will see him as he is and will instantly be like him. But until then, we're growing day by day, month by month. We're in a gradual process, city by city, town by town, wound by wound, hurt by hurt, imperfection by imperfection. He's restoring us into the image of Jesus. Now there's three Simple things the Bible gives us about how to experience inner healing. How many of you want to know what they are? How many of you need some inner healing today? Raise your hands. You need some inner healing. How many of you have been hurt in the last year and somebody did it to you? you inner, let me ask this question. It was in a relationship. 
Raise your hands. It was in a relationship. How many of you did it to yourself? Woo! I'm going to have an altar call after this service. All right, let me tell you what the Bible tells us about how to experience inner healing. You may not have thought what I'm going to share, but this is exactly what the Bible tells us. First of all, your walk. Everybody say my walk. See, inner healing is a cooperative effort between us and God. It's cooperative. We must cooperate with God in our healing in the same way the man... Now, here's what I've noticed in the New Testament. Whenever Jesus was going to heal somebody, he almost always required them an act of obedience to his word before they experienced the healing. They had to cooperate with him to experience the healing. So Jesus walks up one day to the man with a withered hand. He's born this way. He has one good hand and he has one hand that is crippled. It's lame and it's hanging down at his side. And Jesus, did Jesus say to him, your hand is healed, go your way? No. He said, stretch forth your hand. Now, I'm going to tell you what I know. If that man had kept his hand at his side, he'd have walked away with a withered hand. He had to cooperate with the word of God. And so it says he stretched forth his hand. Now, when he began to stretch it out, it was withered. Somewhere between here and here, his hand was straightened and made completely normal and whole because he cooperated with the word of God. Jesus went up to the man at the pool of Bethesda who had sat there for years. He had never been able to get down in the water himself because everybody ran in front of him. Jesus comes up to him, and Jesus said, you want to be healed? Take up your bed and walk. Now, if he had said, you know, Jesus, today I just don't feel like taking up my bed and walking, that man would have remained at the pool of Bethesda paralyzed. But the Bible says he cooperated with the word of God. I'm saying something here. This is so important. He cooperated with the word of God, and he stood up, took up his bed, and as he began to stand, power went into his body, and legs that had never walked began to walk. And a body that had never stood up, stood up. And he was healed. When? When he cooperated with the word of God. And you can follow through every miracle Jesus did. It was exactly the same way. Now, Here's what I'm going, here's what I really want to focus on. We too must cooperate with Jesus for soul healing to take place. We need to cooperate with the Word of God. So the first thing we need to do is get our walk right. We do this by our walk. You know, I can't overstate the importance and, and what happens inside of us when we begin to walk with the Lord and live straight walk down that narrow road that leads to life, live, begin to live a life of obedience to Jesus. Because it was a crooked life that got us hurting, it'll be a straight life that gets us healed. Now I want you to listen to this verse. It's powerful. Hebrews 12. And you're going to notice where Jesus said, stretch forth your hand, and where he said, take up your bed and walk. Listen to the similar words in this verse. Hebrews 12, 12. So lift up your hands that have been weak. Stand up on your weak legs. Make straight paths for your feet. Do you hear the words? Lift up, stand up, make straight. 
Jesus said, stretch forth your hand, take up your bed. And here, we're being told, lift up your hands, stand up on your weak legs, make straight paths for your feet. Now look at what he says. So the weak leg, so that that which is in you that is hurting, that needs healing, that is wounded, that's what he's saying, will not be turned aside and stay that way, but so that it will be healed. Now, what does the healing? It's when you make a straight path for your feet. Let me give you a truth today. You can't live a worldly life and expect a godly healing. Now, that'll preach. You can't live out there in the world and say, God, heal me. I'm going to go live the way I want and do what I want, but, but heal me, Lord. No, no, no. He says, if you want to be healed, lift up your hands, stand up on your weak legs, and make straight paths for your feet so that the thing that you need healed is not turned aside and stays that way, but so that it will be healed by walking a straight path. I'm going to say it again. You can't live a worldly life and expect a godly healing. Right living makes crooked things straight. I'm not saying live perfectly because nobody, nobody can do that. But I'm saying live sincerely in your walk with God. Obey his word as faithfully as you can. So everybody say, deal with your walk. If you want inner healing, make a straight path for your feet. Second thing, to cooperate with God, we must apply his word to the wound. You know, I've noticed that any time God was going to heal in the Bible... You know how God healed? He sent his word. He sent his word. As a matter of fact, the, the psalmist said, he sent his word and healed them. When Jesus healed people, Jesus was the word. He sent his word, Jesus, and he healed them. In the Old Testament, when God healed, he sent his word. When God wants to heal you and me, he sends his word. He gives us his word. Thank God for the word of God. I told the first service, I didn't tell the second service. But you know what I do sometimes when I'm reading my Bible, I'm so moved by the Word of God. Are you ready? This may seem weird to you, but I'm going to tell you. There are times it so touches me and I so appreciate it, I kiss it. Mwah! Thank you for your Word, Lord. You can go to the restaurant and tell the waitress I said that. Down there at Turning Point, he's kissing his Bible. Because I love the word of God because I know this. He sent his word and healed them. It's not only a truthful word, it's a healing word. You've got 66 books of healing words. His word heals. His word heals. And, and when he wants to heal your soul, he sends his word to heal your soul. Let me give you a personal testimony real quick. I, lived in, I was in drugs when I was a young teenager. And it didn't take me long to damage my soul. And I did some damage. I, I had some bad experiences on the drugs, and it gave my mind, it filled my mind with irrational fears. Fears that I could not get, a, get a control of, that I did not know how to fix. And when I got saved, I got saved to the 10th power squared. I mean, I was really saved. And I got called. And God called me to minister his word. But you know what I found out? As soon as I began to yield to the call of God, I got attacked in my mind in these areas that needed healing, healing, 
healing in my soul. And the enemy began to attack me. I call it Satan's last stand. Because he knew I was headed into the ministry and he was trying to stop me. And all of a sudden, every day, all day, seriously, I dealt with fear. I, I, fear was attacking me. I would wake up and fear would attack me. I'd go through the day and fear would attack me. And I couldn't seem to get a handle on it. I was saying, God, what am I going to do? How can I do this? How can I fix this? This is, this is defeating me. It's hindering me. I can't function with this fear this way. And one day God had mercy on me. And he brought a verse to me straight out of the Bible that changed my life. Psalms 19, verse 7. The law or the word of the Lord is perfect, healing, healing, healing the soul. And I'd read that verse before, but this time it jumped out at me and it became a rhema to me. And God spoke it to me, and, and it seemed like God said, Jeff, if you will internalize my word, memorize my word, saturate your mind in my word, I will heal your soul because I send my word and heal you. And so the Holy Spirit just made it alive to me, and I began to, I began to memorize every verse I could find that had to do with fear. The Bible says, listen, the Bible says, that we should not fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 365 times we are told in the Bible, one for every day, do not fear. We should not walk in fear. And so I memorized all these verses in one morning. One morning I got up and I realized fear no longer had a grip on me. Because I had, I had armed the Holy Spirit with the tool he needed to defeat fear in my life. See, you apply the word to the wound. You apply the word to whatever your wound is. You find the verses that bring healing to that wound. And for me, it was fear. We've all seen TV shows where there's a surgeon operating on somebody. And he'll turn to the nurse and say, scalpel. And she hands him the scalpel. And then he'll ask for another tool. She'll hand him the tool. And as the nurse arms the surgeon, he operates on the body. The Holy Spirit's the same way. He can't operate with a tool you haven't given him. You need to give him verses to work with. You need to apply the word to the wound. So I began, I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. God is our refuge and strength, the tested help in times of trouble. And so we need not fear, even if the world blows up and the mountains crumble into the sea. The Lord is my salvation and my light. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? All those verses, I handed them to the surgeon. And the surgeon operated on my soul and renewed my thinking. Until one day I woke up and I thought, huh. It's been a few days since I struggled with fear. Where has it gone? Well, the Holy Ghost had used the Word of God. It is His sword. And He had gone in and operated on me and renewed my thinking and undid all of the negative thinking that led to my thinking fearful thoughts all the time. He renewed me. He set me free. He let me go. He opened the prison and let me out. Amen. So everybody say, our walk, our walk 
His word, and i got to end with this, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Nothing blocks the work of God in our lives like unforgiveness. Nothing. If the word of God brings healing to your soul, unforgiveness releases poison into your soul. We must forgive. Most of the wounds that you and I have are from people. Something that happened in relationships. And we're carrying wounds from it. And we must, we must forgive. I want you to picture a scene with me. You're driving down a highway filled with beautiful scenery. You're headed for a destination you cannot wait to get to. You are salivating to get there. The journey has been wonderful, except for one bad moment when a man recklessly passed you, pushed you off the road, caused you to come to an abrupt stop that slammed your head into the steering wheel and hurt you. You were wounded, bruised, and angry. How dare he drive that way? But that was then, and this is now. But suddenly in front of you, there is a roadblock that appears. Police cars are in the road with their lights on. A barrier is across the road, and you are brought to a complete halt. And a policeman approaches you, and you say, Officer, what's wrong? He replies, To continue down this beautiful highway to your great destination, you must forgive the man who ran you off the road a few miles back and caused you pain. If you don't forgive him, you cannot continue. And you say, well, that's not fair. He ran me off the road. He doesn't deserve my forgiveness. I was innocent in the whole thing. The officer replies, no, he doesn't deserve your forgiveness. But I ran your tag. And I'd found some records. I see that you were in court a couple of years back, and a judge forgave you and released you when you were in far worse trouble. What would that judge think if I were to call him and tell him, hey, the guy you let go a few years ago won't forgive a man who did far less to him? What would that judge think? At that moment, you have a choice. Do I refuse to forgive and allow the man that hurt me to ruin my journey and sabotage my destination? No, nobody's worth that. I must forgive him as I have been forgiven because Jesus said, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Can we stand together today? And would you say with me for inner healing? Let's try it again, everybody together. For inner healing, it takes time. Walk in truth. Apply the word and forgive. Do you want inner healing today? If you will do what you heard, then I guarantee you based on the promises of God, he will heal you. You will experience healing. Can we lift our hands to the Lord today? Father, thank you for your goodness your watch care over us, your blessing. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, heal our souls. Heal our souls. Heal our souls, dear Jesus. Now, you know where you're hurting. You know if you need to forgive somebody.
we do it right now. And I want you to say, Lord, I give you my soul. Heal the wounds. Heal any bruises. Restore my soul. while our heads are bowed there may be somebody here just maybe just one and you've got a question mark in the back of your mind about whether or not you're saved you can't have a healed soul until you have a saved soul and if you've got a question mark about your salvation then no doubt you need to settle it so I'm going to pray a simple prayer and then we're going to be done But this prayer is for those of you who think you might need Jesus. I'm just going to pray it. And if you just pray it with me to him, the Lord Jesus will come into your soul. He'll make your spirit alive, and he'll begin to heal your soul. Pray this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me and cleanse me of my unrighteousness. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Jesus, I receive you into my heart this moment in your mighty name. Thank you for hearing me. Amen.